Welcome to another uh, session of Truth and Share. I'm Dan Plaschkas. I'm the CEO of S&P Data and one of the founders. And I'm honored to have with me today our Chief Revenue Officer, Gregory Johnson. Today's topic is going to be about leadership. And Gregory, just before I kick off, I'd like to make a comment if I could. Please. Uh, Yeah, so leadership is something that I've taken a lot of pride. I've studied leaders I don't take it for granted. I don't think because I'm the CEO that necessarily implies that I'm the leader. Um, I believe that in today's post-COVID, there's been some changes to what makes a great leader, but I really believe some of the attributes we're gonna discuss today. One of them is full transparency. Two of them is, is, is articulating a plan. And the three is the point that I think you do incredibly well. Um, I think you need to give people feedback and give them the opinion that you always are going to add to the reason that they should be working with you and in a partnership. People want to learn. So you got to develop people. And then the fourth, I think, is as a great leader, is you always take, you know, the responsibility first for when something doesn't go right and you give credit to others when it does go right. And I think you do wonderful jobs in that. So today I'm going to talk about Gregory. I brought you into the company because I felt that we needed to give people another channel of, to grow. And so I wanna talk about your own leadership style, how you've grown it and how you curated it. So, you know, very open-ended, talk to me about how you think you are as a leader. What would people say about Gregory Johnson as a leader, how you try to be in your ideal? So but lots of questions. Why don't you talk about leadership from your perspective, Gregory? Great, Dan, thanks so much. And a lot of what you said that resonates with me is sort of the uh, pillars, if you will, of great leadership on the transparency side, you know, having a plan, giving feedback, and then, you know, taking responsibility, which I think, um, you know, I, I take really seriously. And as you know, I've had um, a fair share of experience, and I'm so grateful for it, having spent some time, uh, about 20 years, between American Express and Capital One, where I was planting down and leading large teams. And um, had some of the very best uh, training and development um, to become a great leader, which I think is a process. I don't think it's an arrival point. And um, then, as you know, I migrated purposely in my career. I saw a lot of money flow coming out of traditional banks and financial services into fintech. And what a different leadership experience that is because um, you're leading a lot more times uh, in a matrix environment and leading across product teams and things like that where you don't have sort of legitimate authority and you've got to corral a bunch of resources to um, you know, make everything work. And at the same time, as you and I have talked, um, you have less resources often um, and you have to produce things and make things faster. So, um, you know, my general philosophy on leadership, I'm a hands-on leader for sure. Um, I love uh, getting to know the people that are part of a team. I love seeing a team, uh, you know, sort of assemble and come together and really start to hit their stride. And there's just some energy that comes out of that. So I put a lot of emphasis on, you know, the selection of uh, great talent and um, and diversity in that uh, selection to uh, make sure that we are going together with all of the thought process and sort of diverse uh, thought to come up with the best solutions. Um, and I believe you know strongly in the power of debate, uh, respectful debate, um, to keep asking the why and the why and how and how so that you can come up with the best solutions. Um, you talked about articulating a plan. I think this is vital, whether it's in a large environment or uh, in you know smaller environments, tech-centric environments, you've got to know where you're headed and, and what you're aiming at. And you know, I've said many times, I like the tradition of ready, 
aim fire, which is like you should spend as much time planning um, as you do on you know execution. And so sometimes that takes a lot of patience. But I think that in general, a group that's coming together under a leader that uh, is clear on the vision and the plan and can articulate how they're going to get there and what their role is in it is sort of vital um, and a vital part of leadership. And I take that part seriously. And then in terms of responsibility, um, I rarely like to take credit for anything. I like to build teams that can produce the output without me there. And um, that's sort of a testament to their talent and their interaction and work together. But I do take seriously the opportunity to build a culture that gets people to work together, even sometimes that um, you know are not used to working together. Uh, so you've got finance teams now working with uh, tech teams um, to come up with budgets and deliver products on time. And you have marketing teams now working in the trenches with salespeople, and they used to be so separated, right? The marketing folks would come up with a big idea, and the salespeople would go out and sell it. And now it's this intertwined working. And I really like that. I like seeing that assembly um, come together. And so the diversity of thought and diversity of talent that you know are, are executing against a plan, I think, is you know vital. And so those are sort of the building blocks I look at. Something else that you've done, which I just uh, really been impressed with, is the level of detail down to the individual on your team. Um, talk about some of the things you've done in the past. So little things that give recognition. No, you know, no, nobody on your team gets unrecognized. And, yeah. you know, people want that kind of feedback and they want to know you care, right? Yeah. And, and so why don't you talk about some of the things that's really touched me very much with the level of care and some of the programs you've done because you've yes. had large teams underneath you. That's but right. How you, but you've brought that one-to-one relationship, <laughs> right, Gregory? Yes. I, I mean, I think it's so important. I think it's not only uh, leadership in terms of leading a team and knowing the people that are working with you. And I always try to look at it as working with you, not for you. Um, it, you know, it's an overused adage, but like, I don't like to be a boss unless somebody makes me be one, right? And right. That, that, so I look at myself as much more a team member and an associate among, uh, you know, a, a great working team. Uh, certainly, you know, if somebody's, you know, challenging uh, things or making it a challenging work environment, you, you know, have to step up and lead that way. But, if I um, could interrupt to Gregory please. for a second, I think that yeah. that's something that S&P Data, you know, Brian Cato runs our operation. He won't sit in an office. Now, we're not the first company to do that. If you know this company, right. FM Foods, you know, they, they basically have all their senior managers sit in the middle. Brian sits in the middle. You know David very well, David Bortz. You know, he doesn't come off like he's an owner or something he would never do that right, right. we've ne- we, we've always and i think that you've really uh, scaled and demystified mm-hmm. the the separation if you will there's no separation we're all no a team and like right. you said of course you have to put your authority down if, if if necessary you also have to you know manage the information you know not all the people can probably have the tolerance for 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 the pressure Right, but you you know that and you bring it right down to the individual and you do some nice things. So sorry to interrupt you. I'd like you to continue. No, it's a really good point. And then you were um, you were referring to what I call you know little big things, right? And you know I had a long career at American Express and so much resource and exposure that I'm so thankful for. Um, and we really put a lot of emphasis in knowing the customer and knowing people on our teams and knowing something about them. And, you know, something over the years that I did as a tradition that I thought was really, really important is, you know, first, you know, you know, you have to know how to, you know, say people's names. There's no sweeter sound than the 
sound of one's old name, right? And right. so I'd always put an emphasis on that when we were meeting customers or meeting somebody new on the team. Um, and we had a lot of diversity at American Express. Like, there's so many tools out there now that you can just type into Google, how do you pronounce this name and say the person's name right? I think it's really important. I was literally just doing that the other day because somebody had what I thought mispronounced somebody's name on my team. And so I went back to double check myself to make sure that I was saying it correctly. And so I think that's important. But I used to do this tradition where I'd sit down and every month, I had about a group of 450 people at American Express and they, you know, ranged from associates that were working sort of to support the salespeople and salespeople and managers and directors and VPs. But I'd sit down every month and I'd write them a personal birthday card. And I remember, um, you know, when I, when I left American Express, they sort of heard about this tradition and said like, you know, what's this about? And I said, look, I think it's really important that the day of somebody's birth is, you know, to change the world, right? And they, they led to us, right, with coming together. So I think little things like that make a difference, and I love the opportunity to do you know ad hoc recognition and things like that. But I think just having genuine care for people and understanding we're all humans, right? We have good days, bad days. Uh, we have motivations, and we have uh, you know challenges, setbacks, and then um, you know aspirations and and wins. And so we should you know celebrate all of those. Like a setback is a great time for a leader to come in and say, look, it was a bad day, but tomorrow will be different, right? That was the past. I'm much more of a, uh, I call it windshield person than a rear view mirror person. I think it's important to understand history and how to, you know, reflect on it and change and evolve from it, but not dwell on it with, you know, remuneration that you just, um, you know, are stuck in a cycle because the, the, the next day is the next day. So um, I think those are sort of important tenets, but treating people with, uh, you know, dignity, respect and having genuine care for them, I think leads to a lot of good little things that you do along the way. Yeah, it's really powerful stuff, Gregory. Listen, I, I, you know, being a born Canadian living in the States, there's one attribute that I really think is impressive. You know, the United States is a melting pot, as you know. And, you know, you could be Italian by birth, uh, but you're an American. And what I've always been really amazed at, and I think it, it's something that confuses someone from the outside, is the, the greatest thing about America is one's ability to forgive and forget. And so if I announce, it's just something that, you know, you think about the wars in Europe through the years, they were, you know, I don't, I won't name different, but it really was, a, they were carry-ons of traditional hatred right. that still exists today. And in America, yeah. you come, you're American first. A aside from some of our problems we have today, everyone, you know, is still, it is definitely, a you know, a melting pot. And I think that what you you know, what your point of being looking for the rearview mirror, what I try to teach people myself in a leadership is you can spend your life looking at the same problem as I do. And if you take a glass half empty approach, it will get you mentally. Yes. That's um, right. I'm a big, I'm a big believer, you know, as you know, my son's involved in owner's box and I really right. work them very hard because it's a startup, right? Yes. And you know what you're what I've talked to you about some of the things the scarcity of resources um, one hour in in our worlds a week in a big company I don't know right. but it is right? right and so you you have just when you think you've got something really good happening something hits you over the head mm -hmm. but you got to be a, ga a glass half full person and I really think that's really important as a leader mm -hmm. that you are so what you say really is important to me and and I think you are you know, you, you describe it as a front windshield guy. You're a front windshield guy and it's really important. And I think that you pick people's spirits up and I see it here in the office. You know, I look at Rohit, as you know, I handpicked Rohit for you. 
Yes. Um, I knew I knew what an incredible resource he was. I used to talk to him about you know how incredible he was at all these different, basically covered all the facets of our business. No one ever went to business school or Harvard. I used to joke and studied contact center, but you know this guy has covered. He has a master's degree in policy and administration, and you know he he basically had all the attributes, but he didn't have sales skills. And yet he, he, he's a very popular and affable person. I thought this was an incredible challenge to be a right-hand person. So, but I didn't have the skill set necessarily to complement. I think you have the skill set to really complement his growth. It's going to be great to watch Rohit grow. He'll yes. be incredibly successful. He'll be a, I've told him I really target that he can be a CEO one day. Absolutely, yes. Right? Mm -hmm. So that's really great. By the way, the last thing that you're going to get out, you know, out of being here, and you've already touched people. We know some of you. We have common is that it's going to be so gr gratifying for you to see people leave the company okay. and and do things on their own, whether it's their own or join another company and be really successful. Right. But it's going to be really gratifying, and that's my finest moment. I always tell people, I never joined YPO. I know the presidents. I know all the people, but I've had five people that have worked for me, which means. Some of them did it while they were here, mm -hmm. but they've all, in some way, I know that I've touched them to be a better than me. Yeah. And you know, it's it's funny. I just want to groom people. I'm not worried about who I am, and I don't think you're worried about who you are, right? No, this I'm is comfortable your, with that. <laughs> Gregory Gregory Johnson, leadership is your calling. Thank you. And so I want to end this by thanking you for coming on board. And and you know, we are friends. David and I have never come to work. Uh, we've, you know, we don't work to live. We live to work. Yes. And it's your 24-7. It's true. It's what you recognized in me when we first met. Right. So I want to conclude this by saying thank you. I'm so grateful to have you. And you are teaching me. And I want to say this is the end. It's everything you always wanted to know, but we're afraid to ask. And remember, uh, the truth will set you free. Always be truthful. Well, it's my great pleasure to be here and to be part of S&D Data. Thank you so much, Dan. Thank you, Gregory. Talk to you soon.